Well, hello there, wonderful teachers. I want to invite you to an event we're doing this summer. It's in Cincinnati, Ohio, so you have to be able to make it there, but it might be worth traveling for if you're able to. It's happening on July 20th and 21st, so that's over a weekend, and it's going to be the best two days for teachers. We're going to have a ton of fun. We're going to learn a lot about pedagogy and creative teaching and business. We have two fabulous guest speakers and we're even going to finish with an optional Kaylee. That's an Irish dancing party. So I hope you'll be able to join me. Just go to vibrantmusicteaching.com slash turbo that's dot com slash t-u-r-b-o 24 the numbers two four. I hope you'll check it out view all the details there and I hope to see you in Cincinnati in July. On with the episode. Vibrant, vibrant, vibrant music teaching. Proven and practical tips, strategies, and ideas for music teachers. You're listening to the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I'm Nicola Canton, and today we're talking about memorization. back lovely teachers you may have noticed a little theme going on on the blog and the podcast at the moment all about memorization the article that's released on the blog today is actually a guest post it's from melanie and it's about memorization in group lessons so that's a really different perspective on memorization and how it works for her in her group classes melanie has previously given a webinar for our members so you can check that out if you're a member of vibrant music teaching for more general information about starting group lessons and things to watch out for. But I want to let Melanie's article on the blog speak for itself because I'm not a primarily group lesson teacher and I think she can say it better than I can in that regard. What I want to share with you here on the podcast is actually a recording from a YouTube video that's from quite a while back now. It feels recent. Everything feels recent because of the pandemic still to me. It distorts time so much, but I think it was 2021. Yeah, it was released on the YouTube. It's a nice short clip and it gives you three different tips on memorization, as well as some general information about whether we should include it in our lessons, how necessary it is. So I hope you enjoy these tips. Memorizing music is a pretty hot button issue. Some wish it had never come into vogue and yet others think that you don't need to know a piece at all until you've memorized it. As someone who didn't play from memory for the first 12 years of study, I'm not interested in having that debate with you. What I do want to do is to help those of you who are struggling or who have kids or students who are struggling with memorization at the piano to break down this skill and do it in a way that feels manageable. Everyone can memorize, even if it doesn't come naturally. There are two basic methods of memorizing music. Number one is to do it the natural way. This is where you just play something over and over basically, and then you remember it. A lot of people who start memorizing music very young, this is essentially what they do. Now, they might not see it this loosely, or they may, or they may not really know how they do it. But a lot of it is to do with their oral memory of the piece and building in that muscle memory, as we call it. However, if you start young enough, a lot of the time it does come naturally. However, if you didn't, you're going to have to do it the old fashioned way or just the other way, which is to intentionally memorize the piece 
from the beginning or a piece that you already know. I'm gonna focus on that second way in this video because if you do it naturally, well, you're not here, are you? So if you or your students struggle to memorize music or just have never done it before, you can do it my slow and steady, step-by-step -step way. If you're on the work at it team like me, then hit the like button below and leave me a comment to let me know. Okay, so here's what we're gonna do. We're going to start at the end and we're gonna memorize one bar or measure at a time going backwards. That's basically it. The thing you need to do all along the way is to constantly test your memory. So you're gonna start with the last bar. Let's say you're learning this lovely German dance by Schubert. You start with the last bar or measure at the very end. You play it, you think about what the notes are, you think about the sound of it, and you try to play it without looking. Then, you come back later or after working on another piece and you try to remember it again. If you can, great! You can add another bar. If you can't, then you start again. I recommend taking it bar by bar like this broken up in the very beginning of learning to memorize. However, as you keep going, you'll start to build up a rhythm for when it feels like, yes, I will remember this later versus when you're pushing yourself to your limit. But in the beginning, go with one bar come back to it later, so leave space, leave yourself time to forget, and then try and recall it. The more times you have forgetting time and come back and try and recall it, the stronger your memory will become. I like to think of this in non-scientific terms as you basically training your brain that you do wanna remember this thing. It's not temporary, it's not just for the moment, you want this for the long-term. Put it in long-term storage brain, okay. So the more times you come back to it with a space in between, the more your brain learns that you want to hang on to that bit of information, how to play that one bar or measure. Then you add another one and you work on the last two bars and memorize those and you leave a gap, you come back. As I said, once you get used to memorizing, maybe you do two bars at a time or four and you build it up that way. But in the beginning and even further along, this is slow. It takes a long time. And you might be tempted to go, well, I'll just play it from start to finish and see if I can remember it. But honestly, if you do it this way, I believe your memorization of the piece will be much stronger and more durable. It's not the quick way, it's not the hare, but it is the tortoise and it does get you there reliably and durably in a way that actually lasts for a long time. At the same time as doing this bar by bar or measure by measure practice where you're working back through the piece, I recommend doing two other things. The first one is what I'll call AFK practice, which is away from the keyboard or away from the piano practice. You're gonna take the score, the music with you and listen to it and follow along with the music. Or imagine listening to it and follow along with the music or just listen and imagine yourself playing. Doing various different types of imagination-based exercises or visualization-based exercises is really useful. And you're also building up an oral picture, an oral memory for the whole piece. So it's really important when you've got the nitty gritty of each section going on and you're building that up so slowly, you still wanna keep in mind the bigger picture without letting yourself play from start to finish over and over in a way that builds in bad habits. The other thing I think you need to do as you're memorizing music, and especially when the full thing is memorized or you think that it is, is to practice it in distracting or nerve wracking situations. This is so that when you are in those situations, you don't get distracted by your own thoughts. This is 
so common in music where we're playing we've played this piece a thousand times it feels like and it's always gone perfectly but now that we're in a concert or now that we're in our lesson with our teaching teacher watching us everything falls apart and it's because our brain starts analyzing itself it starts saying yeah but do you know it <laughs> most of the time it's because we're second guessing ourselves or we get distracted or we have different ways of moving or our heartbeat is just faster. And so that changes how it feels. So practicing in those distracting or nerve wracking environments is really important. Now you can simulate this yourself. So you can literally get some teddy bears and put them as a fake audience. I know it sounds silly, but it can, just a ritual of doing that can change your mindset around the way that you're playing. You can also record yourself. So even though you can delete it off your phone, Somehow it brings on the nerves much more once you hit the record button. Even though you know you can delete it later. It's a funny thing. You can also play for friends, play for your teacher, practice walking up to the piano and bowing afterwards if you're going to be playing it in a concert. Build in all these different elements of what it'll be like to perform it or to play it in a stressful situation so that when it comes time to do that, you don't have those crazy independent thoughts that distract you. My final bonus tip for you is to just keep going. It's really that simple. With the memorization backwards practice that you're doing, it just takes a long time, honestly, it does. But if you keep going, if you stick to it, you will get there. Now I do recommend you start with a smaller piece. So if you or your student is working on a full sonata and they've never memorized anything before, don't start with that sonata. Start with something like this little guy. Or if, you know, they're much earlier on in their studies, maybe you start with an eight bar melody. Keep it simple, work backwards from the end so that the end is the strongest part and you work towards that. Do some practice away from the piano so that you're listening to and studying the score and make sure to practice in nerve wracking situations so that it's not all in your comfort zone. I hope this was useful for you and that you got some ideas for your memorization or your students. If you want a game that goes into this in more detail, in a fun, laid out way, you can check out the link in the description if you're a member of Vibrant Music Teaching. All right, I hope you enjoyed that little clip from YouTube. It's me, Nicola, back here in 2023, if you hadn't figured that out. I would love to know your memorization ideas and tips. As I say, this is our focus on the blog at the moment, so we'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Instagram at Colourful Keys, or of course, our blog is at colourfulkeys.ie. Vibrant Music Teaching members get five new games or resources at least every single month that keep them inspired and wanting to become a better teacher each and every day. If you want to join the best community of teachers online, you can go to vmt.ninja and sign up today. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I hope you loved it and I wanted to pop on here one more time to remind you about our event. It's happening in Cincinnati this July and you can get all the details at vibrantmusicteaching.com slash turbo. See you there.